Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to The Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. This week's guest is Quentin R. Giles, a cultural and political commentator. Quentin and I have been on TV together talking about the news of the day, but today is all about culture. So welcome to the show, Quentin. Thank you so much, Crystal, for having me and congrats on your show. I love it. Big ups. I'm glad you have your flowers. Thank you so much. Well, like I said, I wanted to talk about, you know, a number of issues, particularly concerning black men. You're a black man. A lot of black men have been in the news lately. And so because this is, you know, partly political, but also a little bit cultural, it's probably appropriate that we start with Hakeem Jeffries. He just became the Speaker of the House. He's yes. the first African-American and by age standards, he's actually pretty young. I think he's 54 years old. Most, mm-hmm. most of our leaders have been in their either 60s or 70s. So yeah. tell us or tell our listeners, rather, how do you feel about this new era of leadership? And is he actually going to be the one driving the boat, as the young folks say? Or is, Pel- is Pelosi and um, Clyburn really going yeah. to be behind him pushing the envelope? Yeah, I, I I personally am excited. One from I'm honestly from a younger person standpoint first. Yes, I will always be a black man born that way will die that way. But from a younger person's that that was the first thing when I saw it was going to be Hakeem. And we've been actually talking about Hakeem for a couple of years last cycle when Congress ran and Nancy Pelosi was up for her speakership. Right. Really, it was Hakeem Jeffries who got her over the line with progressives, right? Uh, he he did lots of press conferences, came out very forcefully for her. For her, so a lot of us have been looking at him since then to take Nancy Pelosi's spot. So once he did, I got this new sense of invigoration because it is something that the Democratic Party needs. Uh, I am not being ageist. There is something very special um, and needed from people of a particular age that have lived a particular life to come and give that wisdom to the young folks. But it's our time. It, <laughs> it, it's just our time, hands down. And so from that perspective, I'm excited. I think that is going to invigorate uh, voters. Um, I think it's going to energize people who are outside of the political establishment, people like you and me who like really drive off of this stuff, right? Um, right. To see someone younger in that spot. Now, as a Black man, I'm all for it. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I am all for it. And, and it's, it, it can go in so many different ways. One, um, because there is a lot of, uh, particularly in Georgia, there was this whole propaganda that black men aren't participating or black men don't vote for the Democratic Party and or black men weren't showing up for who we wanted to be Governor Stacey Abrams, right? Which we saw once the polls came out, exit polls, that just was not the case. But right. it is a uh, it is a conversation piece that, for whatever reason, feels true, right? Even though we know it's not, it feels true. And so 
to see Hakeem ascend to this this spot, first off, to see black men actually participate in the political process to chop down those lies, but then to see us being represented in this specific spot is fantastic because although it be necessary, recently we've had a huge push to see black women, to acknowledge black women, to hold space for black women. And I stand behind and on all of that. And at the same time, there has been this sense of like, all right, well, you know, I'm a black man. I'm here too. You know, I, I want to be <laughs> right. seen as well, but Absolutely. let me not do it in a way that diminishes my black women in their moment. Cause that not that the moment is going to end, but it was, it is necessary for us to uplift black women. Right. And not forget black men. So in that I am, I'm getting goosebumps right now, even just talking about it. I am excited because Hakeem's Jeffries, he is, um, as we say, a real brother. Right. <laughs> I, I hope the audience is that because can read he's from the, the Bronx. Is that why you're saying that? Or it. what just, is it? He's just real about it. You know, he's very real. Um, okay. And particularly what comes to mind, um, I've always watched his career. Um, I saw him ascend, but the catastrophic events of January 6th. Right. Uh, a few interviews after that, when he told the story of, you know, there was a moment where he was like, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. And if mm -hmm. we have to fight our way out of this, we're not advocating violence. Let me be very clear. There's something right. different in, in advocating a violence and defending oneself. Um, but that he was willing, him and a few other congressmen were willing to, hey, if, if the Capitol Police came, them they, hands. they did, come on. Like, we we, we just going to have to run it. It was giving very much, let me take this suit and tie off. And it's just, it took me back to like, oh, okay, he, he a real brother. Like, he for real, for real. <laughs> So uh, I, I'm just excited, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see his ascension. And I do believe that he is going to be driving a lot of uh, the strategy and the policy for the party. Um, do I think that Nancy Pelosi and Jim Clyburn will still have some say or some sway? Let's say sway. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, like I said in the beginning, there is something special and there is something needed from the older generation to teach the younger generation. And right. obviously Nancy Pelosi was a extremely effective and consequential speaker. And so it would almost be insane to not still lean on her for advice um, mm -hmm. on how he should navigate this, especially with the Democrats being in the minority, uh, but hopefully will, you know, retake the majority. Um, it would, it would almost be impractical, I think, and, and a little foolish to not, glean from the wisdom but still chart your own path forward so i think both of those things can be true at once okay okay well that's that's good that's good perspective that you're providing with us and one of the things that you said you know there's this been this conversation around black men not showing up um mm -hmm. either for women or not in elections yep. Um, and we know that that's not true. We saw what happened in Georgia. We saw what happened really if we look across the midterm landscape, but particularly because you brought up Georgia and I wanted to bring up um, one particular candidate there. Now, you know, there's a special election um, that has happened by the time we have this conversation, it will be over by the time that our listeners hear this, it will be over. But, you know, there's Raphael Warnock on the Democratic side and then there is Herschel Walker on the Republican side. And over the last couple of days, Herschel Walker has continued to say crazy things. I mean, he's always had really crazy sound bites, but he had this comment about someone called him a coon. He's OK yeah. being a coon because a coon is a smart animal. And like, what? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, hard. It's hard to like 
you know, again, on the subject of black men, like culturally, is he connecting? Because, you know, there's been this gap in, you know, black men voting either for a candidate that they feel is very macho or a real man or exuding this 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 overly um outward appearance of masculinity yeah. um but then you hear you know a candidate like walker say i'm okay being called a coon like make that make sense who says I, that listen you know I'll, he he played in the nfl and I, I i'll just say we will be studying hopefully we get a chance to study that brain um at at at, <laughs> at a certain point when we can um i'm not wishing anything but it is human life that we will all run run our, our course Right. Um, but I do think uh, we should we should probably get ahead of that and try to uh, look at his brain after uh, playing in the NFL. I'll leave it there because um, that doesn't make sense. Nothing about that statement makes sense. Um, and honestly, Herschel, Herschel Walker's candidacy is disrespectful. Flat out mm. is disrespectful um, in that this man is one of the most out of all the candidates that ran. And we had some. Uh, horrible candidates that were either running for governor or senator. One made it through, you know, the Senate, uh, Congress. He's one of the worst of the worst, not only because he is completely incompetent and cannot do this job. And I don't say that lightly because I don't, um, I don't, I don't necessarily like to talk about people, but we got We have to speak truth to the situation. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker is incompetent and that's just flat out. Um, and it doesn't pain me to say that about another black man because it's the truth, mm-hmm. particularly <clears throat> when that black man is continuously allowing himself to one, be degraded by the Republican Party, puppeting him and right. then going along with the degra- degradation and doing it himself by saying he is OK with being called a coon in what world? On in this what world? <laughs> <laughs> like. It's it's disrespectful and it's, it's yes. disrespectful from the Republican Party that they would assume. Uh, and yes, Trump propped him up. But those in leadership, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, uh, the RNC had an opportunity to run another candidate or to support other candidates and really get Herschel Walker out of the way. And they didn't. And you see them still standing by his side. Um, but to assume that because, first off, his, in a historic moment of Georgia having its first black male senator you would put a black face in front of us and i'm not a georgian so but i say us you would put a black face in front of us assuming that either we would be fooled by the fact that it's two black men running or that somehow this is a viable pathway for black men and women to vote for the republican party um and for that candidate to lack intelligence to be an alleged domestic violence abuser mm-hmm. for this person to be a, uh, a, a an outstanding hypocrite in having one view on abortion front facing but then we hear the stories and we get the receipts that's right your past behavior and sure there's space for people to change and people to uh change their views but it's something very hypocritical about that when you still didn't fully explain or fully take ownership of the situation right uh, right. It's giving it's giving very much <laughs> lunacy. It's giving lunacy. <laughs> and so I right. feel disrespected by the Republican Party that they would even put forth such a candidate and still 
still stomp for him, even in this moment where they won't even take the uh, take the Senate. Excuse me. They won't even take the Senate. It's a 50 50 Senate already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying wash in any particular way, throw out the baby with the bathwater because your candidate is uh, <laughs> insufficient. But it is it's interesting to see a Lindsey Graham and a Ted Cruz continuously stomp for Herschel Walker and say, well, if we vote for him, that means Republicans aren't racist. I, I it, wow, it, It's disrespectful yeah. that you it think that we have that little intelligence that we would buy that lie. But the other thing, Quentin, that it also shows is that they don't have as deep of a bench as they always promote and say that mm-hmm. they do. I mean, yeah. there are clearly other candidates that they could have chosen. If sure. they're looking for a black candidate in particular, yeah. how and why did they choose Herschel Walker? First of all, he's not even a Georgian. He lives in Texas. So he it's definitely given Dr. Oz. It's given Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania Correct. all over again. Correct. Um, so, Correct. but there again, it's like just saying that you're voting for someone black makes you not racist. Yeah. Is that even that phrase is problematic in itself. And the fact that people are content, these are elected officials who are saying these things. Yeah. What do you do about all of your constituency in your respective states? If that's how you feel about propping up a candidate again. And and I agree with you, who is clearly underqualified, has some, you know, personal challenges and issues um, and maybe even having some some cognitive deficiencies as well um that it's just troubling to to hear and and to understand that this is the path that they've chosen by any means necessary we're just gonna try and push him over the finish line all because we want to see yeah it all because you want to see and it's it's it again i i have to refer back to the term disrespectful because that's how i feel and i think a lot of other black men feel that way i don't claim to speak for all black men. I do not or black people. Uh, but when you when you uh, talk to folks, particularly Georgians and other black folks across the country, it feels disrespectful right. um, that this is the person. Herschel Walker is probably the biggest anti-black trope walking. If oh. you could find every negative stereotype about a black person that has been perpetuated in the media over years. Now we've done a whole lot better, right? In, in, in the last decade or so, but going back decades, if you every, almost every negative stereotype that we have had to fight, tear down, show up for, be twice as good to get half as much to knock all of the shenanigans down we have in Herschel Walker. Right. And that's why it feels so disrespectful. And you, you're correct, Crystal. There are plenty of other black conservatives that they could have ran in that race that, <clears throat> let me say this, <laughs> that might have gotten some black folks' attention, right? Because right. not all conservatives are MAGA. Not all black conservatives are MAGA. Now, I can still debate. I don't know why you would you know, choose to go over there, but if that's your choice, that's your choice. But there, are, there were so many other paths forward, but it is clearly showing us that it is about power. It, it's purely power and it's a longer game, right? They, the Republicans already know they, they don't have the Senate, <clears throat> but we're talking about, you know, what does this extra seat do? Maybe, uh, maybe it, it, the, the committee assignments are still 50, right. 50, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even when the next cycle comes about, if they get this seat, it'll be easier be- historically or what history tells us this next cycle is supposed to be a good one for Republicans. But I mean, this midterm was supposed to be good for Republicans as well. That's right. And it was not. And it was not. It was not. The red wave didn't didn't wave. There was no wave. We were on the shore. We just put, we put our (laughs) pinky toe in the shore. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) That's all we did. Oh my goodness. Uh, And so 
you know, I get them looking forward, but it's it's the candidate quality is is abysmal. Um, and I, I really do think the Republican Party, if their if their aim is truly to pull black folks in, pull minorities in, people of color, this is not the way to do it. This is no. what they say they want to do. Um, but this the, the, their actions are not showing that this is truly what you want to do. It shows uh, that it's it's way more performative and and just frankly disrespectful. Right. No, I totally agree. But but speaking of disrespect and speaking of, you know, Herschel Walker being a football player, there's been another prominent football player, former football player who's been in the news lately, Deion Sanders. And just in full, you know, transparency, I'm an HBCU graduate. So I understand the importance of having quality coaching staff, the yeah. importance of having quality facilities. But I'm team Dion. I don't understand why folks are so upset yeah i i have to admit i don't see yeah the i don't see the line in him yeah. staying at a place for three years improving the program yeah winning a championship back to back helping to increase the economic um, viability of the city that the school was in jackson city jackson mississippi yeah now i would agree i don't like how he left it was it just felt very mysterious, last minute, in your face. I'm walking away. Um, and he said that it's not about money, allegedly. But talk to us, talk to the listeners. Like, how do you feel about this whole debacle? I mean, primetime, he does not have that nickname for a reason. Correct. <laughs> I Correct. Mean, Dion has always been in your face, flashy. It's about me. It's the Dion show. Yeah. And I guess my my position is people take jobs and leave jobs every single day. So mm -hmm. why is this any different than yeah. what other folks have done in a number yeah. of different areas and fields? Yeah, it's not different. It's actually not. I agree with you. I'm not upset either. Um, I think people are hurt and. Okay. What I do understand and recognize is <clears throat> we as a society have not done enough work collectively to increase our emotional intelligence. And so sometimes that hurt comes out as anger okay. and vitriol when really it's hurt. Um, mm -hmm. I think people are hurt because it is prime time, right? At a HBCU, especially because as black folks, we all knew what what a HBCU was, right? We know we we understand the United Negro College Fund and and trying to get a higher education. Okay. But for the masses, since again, media has changed in the last decade or so, uh, people are being amplified in ways in which they weren't before. Uh, mm -hmm. The culture at large has learned about HBCUs, has learned about not receiving enough funding, has learned about you know really quality schools that produce top tier talent that don't get the same opportunities as other schools. Right. And so right. since we have this new conscious awareness of what a HBCU is and primetime coming in and coaching the team and, and transforming the team, I think he was like for, for a lot of us, again, I don't want to speak for all people, but for a lot of us, he was this beacon, right? This, mm -hmm. um, he, he, he was a representation of what we can do, what we can produce, although it still be in athletics, which, you know, there's a conversation about like not always just looking at athletics to be a, uh, a direct path to success for us black folks. But that's what he was. And that's what right. he did. And there's no denying the work that he put in at the school. Um, and so with him leaving, it feels like. Right. And we understand that feelings are feelings. They're not always right. true. 
right. but they're they're valid. But it feels like he used an opportunity, right, to come to a HBCU, bring mm-hmm. his big name to a HBCU, do some work, get some spotlight, and now he's left us. But that's not actually true. I would agree with you that it was a career move. Now he can say it's not about the money all day long. I saw how much <laughs> shit. <was. laughs> Let me tell you how I'm leaving too. <laughs> Y'all can give me half the check. I'm okay. leaving too. Okay. Uh, he, he, he can say that. It sounds good. And maybe that's true for him. I don't buy that. Right. I don't buy, I don't buy it either. I mean, yeah, five I million to one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Come on now, that math definitely adds up. Correct immediately. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I do applaud him for the career move, but I also think that um, you know we shouldn't we shouldn't lock him in. We made him a beacon. He didn't ask to be the beacon, right? Um, and when I say we, again, I'm not speaking for everyone, but I'm just saying the collective sense of how people are feeling made him such a beacon, um, and so. I just think that's what it is. I think a lot of people are hurt by it, that it feels like he used the community and then left when in actuality, that's not what he did. Um, He's still going to a school, which, you know, now he can create another pathway still for black, brown, indigenous folks to go to this school or to hire talent there as well to transform that program, to give it more visibility for black folks as well. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that's what it is. I think a lot of people are hurt. Uh, and it's just coming out as anger, which, you know, I get, but it's it's just not true. He made a career yeah, move. I think the other thing people have to like, it's very nuanced, right? Like all these yes. decisions are nuanced. And if you think about, you know, the coaching staff, like forget the players, let's just talk about the coaching staff. You're helping to elevate a staff of people. Maybe he brought some folks in, maybe he used yep. what he had, but let's say they stay at JSU and they don't go to Colorado. They now have the Deion Sanders playbook. So they Correct. should be able to take that and continue a winning streak or at least continue with the type of caliber of talent, you know, coaching their team, yes. helping them, you know, progress in the in the SWAC tournament that they're in. Um, so that's that's one thing. The facilities, the 10-year ESPN deal that he got yeah. the SWAC tournament. That's I mean, Major. that wasn't that 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 wasn't it, it didn't exist before Dion. And so mm-hmm. when we talk about his legacy and what he's leaving behind, he's mm-hmm. leaving folks with some some blueprints, not only for the school, for the city. Listen, I'm from Memphis. The Southern Heritage Classic is played in Memphis between JSU and TSU. That's another that's another remnant of his yeah. His, his success and his, you know, tenure at the school by way of increasing the economic output in another city that has nothing to do with the school. And so I, yeah. I just want us to like really think about the good that he did do. Yes, I, I agree with you. People are hurt. Our feelings are hurt. You know, he could have elevated HBCU sports. He did that. He yeah. could have elevated, you know, black players. He did that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, He also coached his own sons. Both of them were on the team. So, I mean, yeah. listen, is it a little selfish? Probably so. But, you know, again, you do the math between $150,000 and $5 million Correct. And tell me what you're going to do. And listen, it's not, you just listed all of those accomplishments that he uh, uh, brought to the city that was not there before him. If there's a difference in someone using our community, which we have seen time and time again, which unfortunately will continue to happen unless we uh, pick up on some discernment, right? Um, but you're talking about somebody who came in, used their name and their talents, revitalized an entire community, right? That's a lot of work. 
Like that is a lot of work, not only for the football team, but for the community. So right. now you have some type of economic sustainability and or growth, not sustainability, right? But you have increased economic growth in this community and you still have the playbook of how these, how these guys can win. Absolutely. So he left something. He didn't, he didn't leave the community high and dry. He improved it. And now he went to go get a bigger check. I'm not upset. <laughs> not upset either. Listen, get your money, Primetime. Get your money. a check, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that there's, there's something happening with, you know, Black men who are either in, in sports or prominent. They have a platform. And I want to transition to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie has obviously been in the news just around, you know, not necessarily his comments that are anti-Semitic, but the the inadvertent promotion of movies or documentaries that elicit some type of negative response in people who feel um, attached to a certain religion or race across this country. But that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Nike dropping this man. This man, like Nike a month ago said that they were going to, you know, revisit or, you know, deeply look at, you know, his contract and now he's dropped. he's dropped. And I think John Morant, who's a Memphis Grizzlies player, is likely to get a contract with Nike. But I just happened to go on my Nike app yesterday and Kyrie Irving's shoes are 50 percent off. Wow. I'm like, how did this man go from Kyrie yeah. Irving, basketball player? Yeah. Whose shoes are selling well. His shoes were selling well. He was second to LeBron. Yeah. To 50 percent off. 50%. Listen. What? <laughs> yeah. So a few things. Please break it down. Yeah, break it down for us. Stepping stones till we get to the end. Um, yes. you, you One, it should go without saying, but uh, you are responsible for your comments, right? Absolutely. I, I'm a person that believes you are responsible for uh, your intent and your impact, right? Yeah, that's fair. What's clear to me is in Kyrie's world, his intent was not to hurt folks he thought he was educating enlightening people words are being used by him not me that's the intent okay but the impact Mm -hmm. was hurtful the impact is dangerous Mm -hmm. so you still are responsible for both your intent and your impact right so there's there's that um as far as him being dropped by nike i think i saw uh this this very long tweet or post from sean king just kind of like going off on Nike about dropping Kyrie and a part of me feels the same way. And at the same time, Nike is Nike's business. And so when you essentially work for someone else or partner with collaborate with Mm -hmm. you are at the mercy of the other side of that relationship. That's right. And if the other side of that relationship is holding basically all the cards, right? Right. Um, There is a certain line you must walk to be in good standing in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Does it make it right? I guess I could argue both sides. It really forced to, right? Whether it be right or wrong. Um, But ultimately, I think it takes me to a conversation about ownership. Because what I would say is that it does seem like uh, the treatment of Kyrie, um, it, it feels like, again, and feelings are valid, but they may not necessarily be true, but okay. it does feel like it is 
it's an attempt to bury him. Mm-hmm. Right. At a right. certain point, And I just made a post about this with Will Smith, kind of like with Will Smith. We, we continuous right. people are still asking about the slap. It's been asked and answered. Stop asking him about it. He's already apologized for it. Okay. All right. Stop asking him about it. You know, mm-hmm. still hold space for Chris Rock to say whatever Chris Rock wants to say when he wants to say, because he was impacted. But like the man has apologized already. So right. in that, it, it, so when I take it back to Kyrie, it does feel like it's a continuation. Like the shoe just keeps getting dropped and dropped right. and dropped again, almost to bury him. And that is the consequence, again, of being in partnership and collaboration with someone else. Now, it takes me to ownership. If, let's say, there was a company that uh, was just as profitable, just as uh, brand recognition-wise, as big as Nike, that wanted to give him a deal and kind of work with Kyrie through the situation, or for that matter, any other celebrity who makes missteps, um, who is about, you know, redemption and, and giving people a chance, then you have an opportunity to make mistakes, be human, but still maintain your lifestyle, if you will, based on the check that you're receiving. But Nike is owned by the people that own Nike. And so Kyrie, you kind of got to walk in line with it. And that's, that's honestly, it's everyone. It is everyone that works for someone. That is, that's just the reality that we live in. Um, Now what Kyrie could do is try to create his own shoe and sell it direct to, you, you know, direct to customers. Maybe that's the move because take it out from Kyrie. A lot of us are at risk of potentially losing a brand deal, losing a sponsorship. Mm. If we have a view that doesn't necessarily align with someone else's who has the decision-making capabilities. That's right. right? And it, so and it every- really, yeah, I'm sorry. It, it just no, 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 it reminds me of like the Balenciaga thing, right? Yeah. You see Kanye, you know, yeah. attempting to call them out, but Kanye's had clearly yay, as he likes to be called, he's yeah. had his own just problems in general. But yes. what does this say about forgiveness and redemption, right? Like you, yeah. you brought up Will Smith. We don't want to hear him apologize again. He's apologized. Hopefully he's going through therapy. Hopefully he's learning whatever the things that one needs to do to go through a public level of forgiveness and redemption. We would hope that those men are doing that. But all of these men are black men that we're talking about. So what is like at at what point? And and I'm I'm doubling down on what you said about ownership with Kyrie. Same thing with Kanye. Same thing with Will Smith, if you will. Like. What does it say to us as, you know, people who are consumers of entertainment, people who are consumers of maybe sports or consumers of music or movies, whatever? How do we reconcile with watching someone go through something, Mm -hmm. attempting to, you know, right size the situation and then still see them, you know, get a deal drop, a major deal at that? Yeah. What is that like? What are we saying to the public? What are we saying to people who may make mistakes? Maybe they're private. They're not public because we're not necessarily big superstars like them. Sure. But I'm concerned about forgiveness and redemption. Like, what, yeah. what, what does it mean? And these are black men that we're talking about as well. Yeah, I think. Well, let me parse out out of all those people you said, Kanye has yet to or yay has yet to try to. That's true. Atone for his misstep. So let's put right. him in a separate bucket. Uh, <laughs> let, let's just put him over there because every day is something new. Uh, right. But what does it say? It it does it 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 feels mm-hmm. um, and it, it I think what it says at large is that uh, uh, I hate to say it because it feels all or nothing. But that maybe black people, black men, are not necessarily as safe 
to just exist and still mm. be and be human because okay. we do make mistakes. Right. Every e- everyone actually makes mistakes, not just black people, but everyone makes mistakes. But I, it, it that's what it seems like. It seems as though we're saying that we are still not allowed to be fully human and to make a faux pas or make a misstep or mm. or, you know what, honestly, to have a view. Right. To have a view and then learn and then decide that, you know what, I I can change this view because of what maybe it's my my background or where uh, my own thought processes of what I thought something was. But maybe it's not actually that. Right. Because right. sometimes it's not a mistake. Sometimes these are real beliefs for people. Right. So um, it does. It does seem like that's what we're saying. Like black men are not able to just be human and and make mistakes or make decisions um, that would ultimately, you know, impact them for the worse. But I think that it's incumbent upon us to honestly really start trying to create our own systems, start to try to create our own structures. That does not mean I've heard. um, I think I I think sometimes I kind of side eye Jay-Z a little bit because I've heard him say, you know, certain times that people will rather work with this person rather than work with me. That doesn't mean just because one black person has something that we all have to run over there and work with them. Right. Multiple people can do multiple things because there may be uh, multiple giftings and then also forethought of alignment and what it is we're trying to build and what we stand on. Maybe I don't want to partner with you, you know, know, I support you go for it. But maybe there are certain things morally that I don't want to stand by and I want to do the same thing, but I'm going to do it over here. Right. So I think it's incumbent upon us to really start building and creating our own structures and systems, not locking everyone out saying like, it's only for black people, white people can come, Asian people, everybody can come bring the dollars, but for us to be (laughs) in those positions where you can make the decision on whether someone will or will not keep their check. That's That's the power. That is the power. And I, I think that that's a good, that's a really good, you know, kind of, wrap up to to really talking about that but i i, I got to ask you Quentin just because you're yeah. you're all about culture right you're you're you yeah, you yeah. Give, you're giving us the culture today i do have to ask you how do you feel about this current iteration of where yay is kanye west now known as yay yeah. he recently did a podcast where he made some deeply troubling even more anti-semitic comments about jews um he was fully masked yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that's about. He's yeah. obviously been dropped. He's lost a lot of brand deals. He's called out Balenciaga, but he has not made atonement for yeah. um, his comments about Jews. And he's continuing to do it. He's actually doubling down. Yeah. And I still see people walking around with Yeezys on. To this day. And, I, and, and no shade <laughs> to anyone who owns Yeezys. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you. But what I am saying is, what is that signaling yeah. When we talk again, we talk about redemption. We're talking about forgiveness. Sure. We're talking about another black man who mm-hmm. who is a business owner, um, who Sway told him what ten years ago to create his own, Correct. and he decided to go with Gap and with Adidas and mm-hmm. you know with other brands. Sure. But <laughs> before we can even get into his business dealings, what is up with him, man? Like, you what know, is going on? like I'm I'm so t- I've been turned off from him for a long yeah. time. And you I don't know, support any of his 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 um fashion brands or anything. And I'm not judging anyone who does, but I just cannot understand why he continues to go on this this mm-hmm. media tour yeah. where he's just being nasty. He's doing the nasty work, as folks he like is. to say. He is. It's it it's lost upon me how our good sis 
Britney Spears was in that conservatorship for all of those years Ooh. for cutting her hair and having Ooh. a, you know, a relationship meltdown. And Listen. yet it's still nobody has filed the papers for Kanye. Ooh, that's a very good point. Very good know. point. <laughs> it's very good. It, Save it, him from himself. Correct. Because it because it has slipped into a point of it's weird. It's something yeah. something is clearly not right. But we've we've known something has not always been right for a while. We're but wild. something is clearly not right. When you th- the mass situation on, I'm not even gonna speak the man's name on the podcast he was on, it's some something's not clicking. And yeah. so, yeah, I just don't know how we, somebody needs to, you know, intervention, psych assessment, something immediately. Um, but since that's not happened and he's continuing to go out, I, th- it, I, I don't know if Kanye is trying to be like black Trump because we do know he's running for president and we saw I'm the fire brand of Donald Trump, <clears throat> right. In 2016. And it worked for him. Um, it seems to continue to work for him, uh, which is baffling upon me especially with his new calls to upend the constitution and we hear nothing about that it's actually Listen. quite scary but right. that's another podcast for another day um <laughs> and so <laughs> i don't know if kanye is trying to mimic that because he mm-hmm. wants to be president um I, I honestly don't know i don't know what's going on with kanye um but what i do know is that he as well is responsible for his intent and impact. And I would almost argue that his intent seems to be to be hurtful, to be disrespectful, um, to stir people up, particularly in the black community when he started coming at us in, 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 in his collaboration with Candace Owens and saying, yeah. well, where was the black community when the uh, Kim and the Kardashians were trying to take our kids? First off, we told you years ago, don't do it. Listen. Let's start there. Let's let's start right there. Let's start there. We've been yelling and told you before you married him, but because it's your choice, because it's your right, you married the person that you love. You had children with her. You ingratiated yourself in that family, but somehow now when there is a split or a separation and you don't feel as though Black people are coming to your aid in this custody battle or whatever y'all have going on in you all's marriage, it's now black folks part or black mm-hmm. folks problem. And you would try to degrade us and tear us down and be horrifically. I, I don't even have words for what they, what they're trying to do or try to do with George Floyd and lying about how this man was murdered on camera. As if our mm-hmm. eyes are lying to ourselves, it, it, it feels intentional. All yeah, those comments felt like you were trying to hurt us because you didn't feel as though we showed up for you in your private family domestic squabble. Yeah, it, it actually feels anti-black too. That's what it feels it's like. very anti-black. Yeah, so I, I can't even get to the anti-Semitism before I get, to, before I get past the anti-black. So yeah. I, I, I truly don't know what's going on with him. But like I said, it feels as though the intent is to hurt people, no matter mm-hmm. who it is, because he's hurt. Yeah. Which leads me back to, <laughs> I don't know why we have not filed papers of conservatorship because of the <laughs> microphone of the power and the influence that he has, even though he's burning it to the ground. Like you said, there are still people that follow him. There are still people uh, and not even maybe even people who bought into his brand prior to the mm-hmm. hateful comments. But yeah. now there are people that look for such a leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. To be hateful, to give them license, to hurt people, to uh, 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 track them down, whether you agree or not agree with drag shows or Jews and to hurt them, to hurt black folks. Yeah. So his intent 
and his impact has become dangerous to the community at large. And I'm going to say it again. I don't understand why we don't have conservatorship papers or at least are looking into it at this point. That's you know what? That's a really good point. I'm so glad you brought that up about Britney Spears and just the line between, you know, her and Kanye, because it would seem as if if there are folks who are around him who care about him, just like there were allegedly people around Britney who cared about her. I'm sure she feels differently sure. that someone would intervene and really step in to save him from himself, just like they mm-hmm. attempted to save her from herself. Yes. But you know what, Quentin, I think this is man, this has been such a great conversation about yes. black men and the culture and where we are today. I mean, we've talked about Hakeem Jeffries, Herschel Walker, Deion Sanders, Kyrie Irving, a little bit on we touched on Will Smith and now yay. And I don't want this conversation to end. <laughs> be bring me back. I'll come back anytime. I will. I absolutely will. I will bring you back in short order. Yeah. <laughs> So (laughs) I'm so thankful, though, that you stopped by and share with our listeners exactly what is happening with black men in the culture right now, because these are conversations that are continue that are going to continue to pop up. And, 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 you know, we're going to have conversations about it. And we need to bring this to platforms like this so we can have folks understand and break down exactly what is happening in the world right now. So I just want to say thank you again for being here today. And I hope listeners really enjoy this episode and we will definitely bring you back. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to say again, congratulations on the podcast. You deserve it. You deserve this and so much more. And I'm excited about coming back and I'm excited about where this, this podcast for you is going. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Quentin. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five-star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to check out our diverse lineup at newsweek.com forward slash podcast. I'm Crystal Knight. Thank you for listening. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to The Crystal Night Show. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.